This is Endless Reverberations. I'm Tree Mabry. When you're courting a nice girl, an hour feels like a second. When you sit on a red-hot cinder, a second feels like an hour. That's relativity. Albert Einstein In the morning, there calls a continual stream of officers. I saw Mount Fuji quite magnificently. Officers who come just to pass the time of day and exchange rumors, or beach gossip, as we call it. Friday. She stands alone in the sky, three times higher in appearance and more, in fact, than any hill near. The circulation of rumors is the best entertainment that we have. With a coronet of snow and a cloak of clouds round her shoulders. The wind's still high. And though 95% of them are estranged from truth by a large margin. Which cut her off from the earth. It is difficult to account for the fact. Yet life would be doubly as dull. Immensely more impressive. As it is without them. Than when seen from Tokyo. They are always listened to with great interest. Curiously enough. Though before they are heard. The temperature still remains high. Listeners know they are going to be miles off the target. June 2nd. What a peaceful day. Pierre Bristol was having a really bad day. Bristol had been one of the greatest champions of the French Revolution, becoming a popular and influential political leader in the smoldering aftermath of the monarchy. However, in times of upheaval and revolution, relativity is an all-too-common and unforgiving reality. On June 2nd, 1793, the appetites of the revolution had shifted away from the moderate Montigua faction that Bristol led. The more radical Jacobean contingent denounced the Montiguas and arrested Bristol. This takeover left the Jacobeans free to wage the reign of terror that turned the guillotine into a national sport. Bristol, along with some of his comrades, were soon carted off to the guillotine. They sung the anthem of the revolution the entire way. June 2nd. 18, 18, 1805, 45, 64. When thou dost send out whirlwinds on thy seas. Another dark, stormy day. And I thought it best now to lose no time in providing the necessary quantity of elk's skins to cover my leather boat. Alternatest thy lightning with its roar. Expecting a conflict between the two parties. In becoming more abundant this morning. Orderest the life in every airy pore. I rode out to Maui. And killed six elk. To fire some muskets over the spot. Guidest men's efforts. To Buffalo. Where his son. Muddy. And some others of his tribe. Fell. To Mule Deer. Mightier force unseen in midst of these. When attacked by the detachment of soldiers. And Sticky. And a bear. Tis only for their hearts. By firing his muskets at long range. A shot in the head. The only shot indeed. And nothing more. That will conquer the ferocity of these tremendous animals. For a moment, just a moment, they had found an escape from their relentless uniformity of time. Farmers, craftsmen, housewives, people who were living days that were hard to distinguish from one another. 
today was different. June 2nd, 1835, they found themselves leaving the sameness of reality for a moment of surreal novelty. They didn't know who P.T. Barnum was. Nobody did yet. It was the very first day of Barnum's very first tour, and the otherworldly spectacles that he had to offer were a far cry from what they would one day grow to be. His star attraction, an African-American woman, who he claimed was 161 years old, and the nurse of George Washington, the feeble, shriveled, 46-pound woman was named Joyce Heff. She could hardly move, but that didn't matter. It only added to the spectacle. Heff had been sold from showman to showman, each buying her humanity in the hope that it would excite audiences. We don't know much about Joyce Heff. We don't know how Barnum's first audience reacted to her, this human oddity that brought them out of the everyday as they stared at her shriveled body. But we do know that June 2nd was probably just another ordinary day for Joyce. Diary. Diary. Channel. 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 Diary. Diary. June second, nineteen fifteen. Just before supper, I went up the next little hill to see the temple of Quanon on its top. In the evening, Williams and Phillips and myself borrow a boat and have a short row round the temple itself is built of moldering wood why did not we think of it before and then the sea which lies but a mile away when they shell the beach all we have to do is get into a boat and row out to sea and then watch the fun behind the temple is a hilly country we pass a submarine a very small one with many trees and little cultivated patches here and there an officer is in the conning tower and says good evening to us wild fuji wisteria branches climb round many a trunk we chat and he invites us on board i went to the cycad trees for a while inside we find only one chamber how huge they are awfully cramped and small at my feet in the main trunk of the tree is a minute temple i look through the periscope turn the lens round and suddenly before my eyes big black butterflies come lumbering along the officer then invites us to sit down and call for drinks one thinks they are stupid birds i have two glasses and we rise to go it seems a long way up those steps but i think the gods have deserted it we row back merrily here the two shells have arrived on the beach during our absence familiar warmth of the early summer erupted when anarchists simultaneously detonated eight bombs in eight American cities. The bombs were mailed along with flyers saying, War, you are the first to wage it. Under the powerful institutions that you call order, there will have to be bloodshed. There will have to be destruction. The anarchists had succeeded in disrupting order, but perhaps not in the way they had planned. The bombs did not kill any of their intended targets, but they did kill several random people, such as William Bonner, a night watchman. The attacks of June 2nd 
contributed to the Red Scare, an exaggerated reaction from America's law enforcement, including illegal searches and seizures, unwarranted detentions, the deportation of several hundred suspected radicals, and the arrest of around 10,000 people. On the same day, Albert Einstein stood before his new bride, Elsa Einstein, the nice woman that he had been courting. He probably spent the entire day without once thinking about relativity. We all share this day. Today. A lovely day. Today. A perfect day. We all share June 2nd. Every single person that you have ever known, every person you've ever heard of, has woken up on the first day of summer, has had a day that has changed their lives. Everyone shares a 24-hour existence, but our experience of this existence, of this day, is different. Some of us experience today as a rapid explosion of events and emotions that hit us without warning. The moon rode high in the pale gray sky. We had a fair display of aurora streamers. Some of us experienced today as a slow moment of beauty. The brilliantly clear air of Japan. Glorious vivid detail. The soul of the moon. What joy. June 2. Or boredom. Nothing remarkable happened. Stretching before us with no ending in sight. Today has been a triumph. We are buoyed up in hope and spirits. And a defeat. A lucky shell comes to within 10 yards of our depot. Some of us didn't make it through today. Kills a man outright. And some of us were born today. Einstein is right, of course. Time is relative. But we experience that relativity together in the universal today. Endless Reverberations is an exploration of the stories that shape us. I want to explore stories of the so-called great events and figures of history, along with the stories that you and I experience every day. Because the themes of humanity reverberate through all of our stories. Storytelling is a communal activity, and I want to thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. You can help spread the reverberations by telling a friend about the podcast. You can learn more about the show at EndlessReverberations.com. You can also email the show at EndlessReverberations at gmail.com, which is the best way to contact me. I would be honored and humbled to hear any personal stories that you would like to share. And maybe we can share your story together on a future episode. Until next time, remember, all stories reverberate if we listen. <laughs>